All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We are so glad that you joined us here on Memorial Day. Man, there's so many things that happen in the last couple days, right? And today, right? So yesterday was officially Ascension Sunday. That's what we're talking about today. Today is a Memorial Day, so we're so thankful for... That's That has to do with veterans, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, so he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, the, the Brit in the room doesn't even know what that is. Uh, so we're so thankful for our, our veterans who um, have um, served on this day so that uh, we could continue to have freedom in this country and... Can I say that this is maybe, no, I can't say it's more important, but it, it is important. It's my wife's birthday today. Happy so happy birthday, happy birthday, birthday Monica. Monica. Yeah, we're so glad. Um, so around the table today, uh, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen, uh, the anchor of the show um, from uh, Dayspring Reformed Church. The straight man. The straight man. He keeps everything right on track. No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and then guest host today, Pastor Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reform Presbyterian Church. That's twice in a row that I got it right. Two times in a row. That's I amazing. should get like a gold star or something. I'll work on that. Yeah. Your reward <laughs> is in heaven. That's <laughs> you got another jewel in your crown. That's right. And yeah. then uh, pastoral intern Ben Rao um, from across the pond representing the UK. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah. Glad you're here. I'm always glad to be here. <laughs> so we have been talking about the ascension, and the, we've been talking about the necessity of the ascension, that it was part of the work of redemption that Jesus accomplished. So he not only lived a perfect life for us, not only did he die, the, the penalty that we deserved on the cross, not only did he um, raise from the dead, but he ascended in heaven. That's a necessary part mm-hmm. of the ascension. Uh, but we've also been talking about the many benefits that Jesus um, provided for us at the Ascension. And I got to say, Brother Jonathan, this is where I think the Heidelberg Catechism really shines, especially. Uh, so question number 49, how does Christ's Ascension to heaven benefit us? First, he is our advocate in heaven in the presence of his Father. Second, we have our own flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that Christ, our head, will also take us, his members, up to himself. Third, he sends his Spirit to us on earth as a corresponding pledge by the Spirit's power. We seek not earthly things, but the things above, where Christ is sitting at God's right hand. Now, so this is the last benefit that we're we're basically unpacking when it comes to the ascension, and this specifically is from Scripture in um, John sixteen, verse seven, and I think we should have the the Brit read this one again. Um, John sixteen seven. If you were Southern, we totally wouldn't even ask you to read. We just well, we probably wouldn't even have you on the show. I did want to ask: Do <laughs> do Americans get asked to read things in Britain? Not very often. Yeah, <laughs> I, I he actually reads our scripture. It's a little jealousy. Really from <laughs> okay, so maybe uh, maybe verse six through um, verse seven for now. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth: it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away. The Helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So he very clearly tells us, um, so, the, so let's put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples there in the upper room. 
They hear of his departure. It fills their hearts with sorrow. And then Jesus comes back with, well, wait a second. If I don't leave, it will not be of an advantage to you. Let's unpack that. Actually, he's promising them more by his departure than by his presence because everyone uh, is going, no matter where they are, are going to have the presence of Christ with them in the in the, His Spirit. Uh, you know, the Spirit's going to come mm-hmm. alongside to encourage them, to exhort them, to to um, you know mature them and elevate their own spiritual life. Uh, the the Holy Spirit's not limited to a physical body. He's going to be everywhere available to him. So this is a this is a supreme benefit in that regard to for them. Absolutely, and he has to convince them of that, right? Yes, um, which is good. That's that's good. That's good for us to hear. So if I don't go away, then the Helper will not come. Now, um, so Jonathan, you're teaching through the Book of Judges right now. I, I know you might have been saving this for your your Pentecostal sermon coming up, but um, did. Was the Holy Spirit not present in the Old Testament? No, certainly he was. In fact, uh, you know, probably not this week, but the following week, you know, as we're looking at Samson, you know, and in the life of Samson, Samson, you know, is one of those judges. Um, we're told four times that the, you know, one that the Holy Spirit impels him uh, or the Holy Spirit came with power and he did certain things. The the Holy Spirit was active. You know, we, we have this greater sense of that be, because of, of Christ and what he's accomplished for us. We have the greater sense of of the Holy Spirit's activity. Um he's poured out um on all flesh, uh, you know, all all believers so that we operate with that kind of boldness that we read about these Old Testament saints uh having like like Samson and other judges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've actually been in conversations with uh other believers before who um I mean, we're going to talk about covenant theology coming up here on the show uh, really soon. Um, But sometimes there's a a discontinuity that they have in their mind that, well, now that we're in the new covenant, now we have access to the Holy Spirit, whereas before there wasn't access to the Holy Spirit. Ryan, have you encountered that train? I know you've been in very much a Reformed train for most of your life, but I've been on the outskirts. I'm I'm an outlier. Have you heard that before? Yes, yeah. And this idea that, I mean, I think in – in one sense, there's a, a fullness to, that God does promise that mm-hmm. is maybe broader in, in scope. But, mm-hmm. you know, the people of God in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit as well, as far as, you know, you have um, Elijah, mm-hmm. I think it was, that, mm-hmm. um, you know. One um, of those prophets. One of those prophets. <laughs> and, uh, but no, the one I'm thinking of is um, Moses, where there was, a, you know, people prophesying. And if I'm thinking correctly, my brain, that's why I went and got a second cup of coffee. <laughs> my brain is not functioning. You know it is written. There is a uh, time where... <laughs> Somewhere in May the Old Testament. May as Lord tell me. But there is a desire for the Holy Spirit of God to be poured out upon yeah. all people, yeah. all of God's people. And that is something, there is a degree in which you know we have recorded for us the Holy Spirit being taken away yeah. again, in the sense of Saul. That means Saul was once saved, but then God removed his salvation in some way? Well, no. Um, David, please, in Psalm 51, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Does that mean David is in danger of losing his salvation? Well, no. He is remembering Saul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was given was the Spirit office, to fill the office, office of the king. Of king. Right. And so we have the Holy Spirit at work. 
giving his people power and strength for the various things he's called them to do throughout the pages of Scripture. One of, right. one of the first places we recognize the Spirit uh, work is actually in the book of Exodus in the building of the mm-hmm. tabernacle. Yeah. Um, Moses said to the people of Israel, see that the Lord has called by name Bezalel and the son of Uri. Can you say that Ur. again? No, I can't. <laughs> and filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise these designs for the, the tabernacle. Right. So, you know, the Holy Spirit was always operating in the people in the Old Testament. So not well. only for like the, the the office of the king or for gifts given to men, but um if the if the Holy Spirit wasn't present with God's people in the Old Testament, nobody could be saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are say so in the New right. Testament? Paul tells us in our flesh that in our flesh it, uh, dwells no good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, uh, nor are they able to. Mm-hmm. So, without the Holy Spirit operating in the Old Testament, there's no regeneration. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no circumcision of heart. Uh, there, there's no prayer. There's no saints. There's, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, there's, uh, I mean, the the fulfillment of the prophecy is from you know Joel. That's where the prophecy was made of in these days. Or after those times where, where God works in his people, he's going to pour out his spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter references that in the sermon um, in Acts as being fulfilled when people were accusing them of being drunk for the way they're acting in the middle of the day. He's like, no, this is a fulfillment of what God said would happen. Right. And the fulfillment of that promise is the spirit is poured out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. You know, what God is saying there is that there is a sense of which and Peter references this later in his letters that we there is a priesthood now of all believers. Mm-hmm. There is an aspect of which we have the freedom that the priests had, where we have this full access to God, and we have this work at that prophets had of proclaiming God's word. And um, it doesn't mean that everybody is a minister. It doesn't mean that everybody is called to a church office. But what it does say is that God is with us. To proclaim his good news in a special in way, in a special way, as he was with those who fulfilled those offices before. That's right. He, we have that access. We have that power and that strength to go and make those disciples. So, in terms of the Holy Spirit, he extended from Genesis one to the end of the Bible. But in terms of degree, when when Jesus ascended into heaven, there was a great outpouring right so maybe the difference between like um the water dripping out of your sink <laughs> in the old <laughs> testament versus niagara falls in mm-hmm. in the new testament yeah and and a lot of this a lot of the work the holy spirit on you know the advantage of him going away uh is he's poured out in a, a particular way to make reference to christ himself and the accomplished work of christ whereas in the old testament it is all leading to Christ, it, you know, now the Holy Spirit is revealing what mm. Christ has done. And that's why, um, you know, when we read John 16, 8, it, it says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. <laughs> well, he was, the, the Holy Spirit was doing that before. But then it, um, Jesus goes on to explain concerning sin because they do not believe in me, you know, referencing his work concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, the, the ascension, and you'll see me no more. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And, and this is what, um, you know, Christ came to accomplish, yeah. you know, was the, the judgment of, of, 
of uh, of this world in this sense you know we read in colossians you know what he what jesus did on the cross he canceled the record of debt that stood mm-hmm. against us with its legal demands this he set aside nailing it to the cross he disarmed rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them this is the you know this is the you know you know concerning um the ruler of this world because he's been judged. He's been put to open shame. Yeah. This is one of those verses um, that I meditate on um, when I go to the pulpit, not not every Sunday, but when we when we preach, we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, now that it's outpoured in a fuller sense, mm-hmm. he's he's gonna convict of sin. That's the office of preaching, that the the that uh mm-hmm. people would be convicted of their sin, that people would be convicted of uh, judgment and that people would be convicted of the righteousness that they need to stand before God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, you know, if, if you're if you're listening today, and, and one of the ways that you can apply the ascension of Christ um, to your life is simply pray over these scriptures that we've been that we've been um, giving mm-hmm. to you. Um, you you feel lonely. You you feel alienated from God. You you feel um, disconnected from Him. Well, pray John sixteen seven through eight. Pray that, um, Lord, I might not feel it, but I believe these facts that it is to my advantage that you are gone because now we have a greater fullness of the Holy Spirit that we did not have before. We mm-hmm. oftentimes think of him as you know, pouring out the Spirit for um, comfort, but he also comes with power. That's what, the, right. what it really means. That comforter is the one who's come with power to work in our lives. Amen. Amen. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. Don't forget to register for our upcoming conference, uh, our annual Reformation Boise Conference this year, October 21st and 22nd. Uh, you can go to ReformationBoise.com. Sign up for free. Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas, we would love to see you and worship with you. We'll see you next time.